Hello, Richard Templeman. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Um, I'm hungry. I need to think about what I want to eat tonight. <laughs> yeah, so I think we both will eat after this podcast. Almost definitely. All right, so what's new since the last time we talked? Since the last time we recorded and talked about Please Like Me? Oh, yeah, good stuff. Well, turns out, same pandemic that we were dealing with when we were doing the podcast about Please Like Me is mm-hmm. still here. What? Yeah. Bullshit. I know. It really is bullshit because we kind of figured, well, we just kind of figured that maybe things would get better before they got worse, but now cases are going up instead of going down. Yeah, things got worse before they got worse. Yeah. Didn't think that was possible, but it it is. Yeah, so here we are, and... Um, I I have done a couple of like improv things where we filmed it and streamed it on Twitch. So I went down to the theater in Seattle and performed some improv, but no audience. I had a social distance on stage. So I did some theater, some acting, just like, you know, living up to my degree from Southern Virginia University. Got, got that acting degree, but since it's a pandemic, not a lot of people can act quote-unquote, safely, you know. Yeah. But I did try a couple of times the last few months to practice my improv chops and perform a little bit. And so it's recorded, and people can watch that somewhere on the internet. I, I, can, I can put the link in the, uh, the link description. Wonderful. Or bio or whatever it's called, the, the thing down below with the yeah. words. Yeah. It's like the info for your show. Yeah, that thing. Mm-hmm. Since we last talked, um, wow, it really has been a while, I discovered that I'm gluten intolerant. Oh my goodness. And I love bread, and bread has just stabbed me in the back. It really, um, it betrayed you. It did. I feel very betrayed every time I see a loaf of fresh bread. That's all just too bad. Okay, so we met... At Southern Virginia University. Yes, we did. I um, think mainly through theater classes. Yes. Um, you came... Uh, it was for one of the plays. You you came in. Uh, Thomas was in it. And you recorded it. And then you decided that you were going to transfer it to SVU? Yeah, so basically at this point... We'll start at Southern Virginia. It seems like a good place to start since that's where you and I met. Um, It was 2010 at this point, and both Thomas and I had been kicked out of our previous college of Brigham Young University, Idaho, and basically separately and together, we both researched SVU and thought, well, that might be one of our only options to transfer our credits because, you know church-affiliated school to one that's kind of a church-affiliated school as well. They're going to be more kind to the transferring, and maybe we can actually graduate. So I was acting in Playmill Theater at the time in West Yellowstone, Montana. Therefore, it was going into September, my performances, and I couldn't start in the fall 
of 2010 at SVU. So I couldn't go until 2011 for sure, the winter semester, but Thomas could go in the fall and he went. And then I kind of did a campus visit around that same time that you were doing Trojan Women with him. Oh, jeez. Trojan, sorry, just Trojan Women was an experience. Totally. And I mean, I vicariously got some of the experience because I did go to all the performances. I filmed all of them. And then I went to the cast party, you know, so I got the tail end of that experience. Plus, you know, just hearing from Christian Taran and Thomas. And then when I met, that's when I met everybody. That's when I met Angela, Leslie, Rob Smith, Josh Harvey. Uh, so basically just that one experience for me visiting SVU solidified a lot of my friend group and my social people and theater people all in one visit. So when I got there in the winter and we were doing 12 Angry Jurors, uh, I basically knew everyone at least. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's that was that. Trojan Women, Adventure, SVU. It was impressive, right? Because the set was so cool and interesting. And for as small budgeted as SVU had to be with theater, I was very impressed, you know, out of the small things, great things come forth. Mm -hmm. I guess I don't regret my time at SVU, but... How did, how did we describe this earlier? Like, I think I was chatting with you and I sent a picture of our photo of you and and me together on graduation day when we graduated in 2013. So young, so gay. So young, so gay. I love that. And then you, you said something about how um, the difficulties of life. Yes. Like, even though we were young and maybe naive in some things, there was life experience that hit us pretty hard at SVU too. So it was a learning experience and a, a step two of my growth experience, because step one, I always assume is like the BYU Idaho years. And then part two is the SVU years. Oh, the SVU years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Trojan women. That was my sophomore year. I remember I was so depressed that year. Uh, because I was going through the repentance process because of a, uh, a brief relationship I'd had with JP my freshman year. Yeah. And I, like, the Trojan Women was a dark play. It's a dark play. I was going to say, if you're having a dark time, I don't think Trowo brings you out of it. No. And, like, it didn't help that I was, like, the most useless person in the cast. I, like, the other guys, you know, there are three of us, uh, uh, Patrick and Durancio, Caleb, and like they they had other roles, like important roles. They both also played gods, Greek gods, and I just played a uh, pretend woman and uh, yes. soldier. <laughs> yes, yeah, the soldier and the pretend women. I forgot about that until you just reminded me. But everyone, boy or girl, you know, male or female, had to dress in the the black robes and mm -hmm. shroud your face and you guys were all trojan women at one point yes um i had to narrow my legs for that wow um which was funny and i just remember like tyler mckay found out and so like every so often he would like pinch out a part of my leg to see if any of my hair had grown back 
<laughs> I was like, what the heck, dude? No, no, no. It was a weird feeling. I bet. And I have not done it since. Yeah, you. I mean, that makes sense. I think I dyed my hair for 110 in the shade. Well, I know I dyed my hair for that. But what I mean to say is I dyed my hair just for that role in the play. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting experience when you have to change a part of who you are to play a character. Yeah. Because I have this, what, this dirty blonde, light brown hair, but I dyed it pretty dark, like almost a dark brown, black colored hair. And just your frame of reference is different when you have a different color to your hair or you don't have hair on your legs anymore. It's like, I'm, I'm glad I never had any serious parts in any of the plays um, because I just don't like the idea of having to do that. Yeah, it's a lot to ask of someone. Okay, so as I was saying that, I thought, no, okay, I like, I like trying new things with my hair. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, like at least for me, it's something that I didn't really do. The only thing close to it growing up was in high school, some of my friends bleached part of my hair. So I had these nice little highlights that I had my junior year of high school, and then they grew out, and that was it. For the past year, I've been bleaching my hair. Ooh. Uh, like, last time we talked, like, my hair had been bleached. I was rocking it, and then a few months ago, I just let it grow out. I'm over it. <laughs> Plus, like, all the gays, like, the gays in crisis are all bleaching their hair. That's true. Too. Yeah. And now it's, it's like, uh, <laughs> okay, no longer interested. Been there, done that. Yeah, I I don't want to be associated with with the in crisis gays. I I I am a not in crisis gay. Good. That's not catchy. I I am a stable gay. Ooh, I like stable gay. It kind of has this um double meaning where you could be a farmer or a farmhand, you know, stable gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it. I like it. Yeah, like shelf life stable. Stable cheese that's great <laughs> you don't have to be refrigerated exactly i'm i'm fine to just sit on the counter for a few days before you eat me mm-hmm. or you can freeze me that's fine too it's whatever man yeah save you for a rainy day yeah exactly just like stick me in your desk drawer and then like you'll be going through it like three months later i'm like oh hey there's uh there's mika sweet and uh <laughs> there there you have it bob's your uncle uh, I do. Okay. Oh, also, I remember that, uh, like, when you were on campus, like, I very much remember, like, end of Trojan Women and stuff, like, we were talking, and and more or less, you were like, we're going to be friends yes. when, when I get here. Like, we're going to be friends. That's true. Yeah. I think, like I said, that visit was, like, really life-changing real quick, where I met all y'all, and I was like, we're going to be tight. This is a good group of people. Yeah, so I totally remember meeting you at that time. And I think it's true. I think we stayed connected. We did. It's weird thinking that that was seven years ago that we graduated. That's insane. So it was almost 10 years ago when I finally started school there. In fact, in January, it will be 10 years. Jeez, which means it'll be 12 years for me in January. No, it's 11 years now. Yeah, it's 11 years oh now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I don't love 
that where like <laughs> the time where you are in college and yada, 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 that that's now over a decade ago. I was fine with high school being that long ago, but now college too. What? Like grad school is uh, two years ago for me now. You should just tell people that you're like, I'm only two years out of school. I should. I look young enough. People would believe me. Yeah, it's true. Um, I remember I, uh, this company I used to work for Intrada, I was somewhere and I saw a guy wearing an Intrada shirt and I'm like, Oh, Hey, I used to work there. And, he said, like, oh, like, where did you work? I'm like, yeah, in marketing. He's like, in, like, what, what do you mean? Like, like in the call center marketing? I'm like, no, like, marketing, marketing. My, my boss is so-and-so who is still, like, the director of marketing there. I, like, dude, I know I look young, but <laughs> w- when I say marketing, I mean marketing. <laughs> He's like, oh, you think you're marketing things because you're in the call center, but that's not really marketing. And you're like, no. Oh, yeah, you're right. That probably is what he was thinking. <laughs> what an oblivious man. Oh, so young, so gay, maybe. So young, so gay. Well, he was straight. I think he was with his wife. Okay, doesn't mean he was straight, but... <laughs> That's true. We've learned that, too. Um, even even guys who seem very stereotypically bro-y um, turn out to be just as gay. Yep. You just can't judge a book by its cover. By its, by its gayness or lack thereof. Right. Well, now it's something, too, that when I was at SVU, I don't believe that I was ever closeted. Not that I was, like, running into Jonesy's, the, the little lunchroom deli mm. area that we had there. I didn't run around campus saying, guys, I'm gay, I'm gay. But I also didn't say I wasn't gay. And then I feel like if people ask me, I would just be honest with them. But, you know, there was always this plausible deniability you have to navigate when going to, like, a religious school in general or a conservative school. And so I, like, really towed the line. Uh, And I'm happy that I was more open at SVU than I was, like, say, at BYU-Idaho. Oh, oh, geez, yeah. I just, I cannot imagine... Like I've I've interviewed some some of the gays up at BYUI and I just I felt so bad for them. Yeah, that was terrible. I think of all and this is just from my experience, of, of out of all the BYUs out there, uh Idaho is probably the worst when it comes to like their strict standards. Like, for instance, the flip-flops and shorts are not allowed just you have just they take it to the extreme there they call it a discipleship training center and so they're usually on a gay witch hunt at BYU Idaho whereas BYU through the years has tried to step into the 20 21st century when it comes to being a little bit more liberal even though of course any BYU is going to be a little too conservative but at least Provo tries yeah to some extent, like it just, it definitely seems like it was easier for people to be gay at BYU. Like you could, you could openly say it and not be expelled basically. Right. And that's a big difference because I feel like if you ever utter the words homosexual or gay in Idaho, they'd be like, no, not, not cool with us. You got to go. You could say same sex attracted, which I don't love that 
term anymore. It's a dumb term. I never liked it. SSA. SSA. Just fucking say gay. Like just just the, this not not conversion therapy group I was part of for a hot minute. Hmm. Like when when people would say that, just in my you know, I was nice, but in my head I was thinking like, no, just no. And so whenever I had to say something, I would make sure to use the word gay, not SSA, if I could help it. Right. I I think I explained it once to Brian Flood, was a local um, and SVU student. So I think he was local to the Virginia area. Plus he went to school there. He once asked me like, um, you said you're gay. Don't you mean like you're same sex attracted or yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, I don't call you opposite sex attracted. I just call you straight. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if you've had sex with a woman yet or not. I think if you're comfortable with calling yourself straight, instead of opposite gender attracted, I believe I can say gay. (laughs) Yeah. I love opposite gender attracted. Yeah. I mean, that's what we should start saying. If anyone ever comes up to you, if you're a homosexual or in the LGBTQ greater family, and someone says, don't you mean same-sex attracted? You you could be like, you're right. Uh, I know that you are opposite gender attracted, so I will take what you say to heart. (laughs) So glad I just even being in Utah that I most of the people I associate with are liberal enough to where I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, because just generally Salt Lake City itself is pretty cool. Yeah. Not to say that all of the suburbs or the surrounding cities and areas aren't sometimes cool too, but at least in Salt Lake, I don't feel as, uh, you know, I don't feel as targeted or attacked right i i really envy guys who um feel comfortable enough to hold hands with each other in public in anywhere really because i remember in chicago always worrying like even in boys town like i'd see guys holding hands and stuff and still be worried like okay when's the hate crime gonna happen oh yeah well talk about living in a town where you're not comfortable doing stuff like that. I stayed in Virginia for a couple years, even after graduation, I stayed in Una Vista and then moved to Lexington and worked and was trying to save money so I could move. At the time I was thinking I was going to move to New York, but that pipe dream was way too expensive. So I ended up moving back to where I was born and raised in the Seattle area, which is a nice area too. And I'm comfortable here. It's a bigger city than Buena Vista or Lexington, Virginia. You could do more theater here. Like I was kind of a big fish in a small pond in Lexington. And so it was fun to do theater there, but it was always a means to an end. You couldn't just have a career there. (laughs) But I guess my point of the story was if Tristan and I were holding hands, walking around Buena Vista, Uh, people would stare at us and then i think we even went to stanton or roanoke or you know little sometimes i would call them bigger cities in virginia than what what i was where i was living and yet that were those were the places where people would roll down their windows and say you know the fag word and just kind of act hateful and it's it just put bad feelings like in the pit of my stomach. And I really just really experiencing even that level of people 
yelling at us just for being gay. I was like, this is so wrong. Um, have you heard the song Sissy by Power Bottom? No, but it sounds intriguing. So the the, the two people in the band, um, Ben and Liv, um, I think Ben is non-binary and Liv pretty sure is trans. I could be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Sissy from their, their second album, it's Liv singing. And she says, uh, like the entire song is about someone like rolling down the window and, and saying that. And uh, like the, the song starts off talking about, and who would I be if they never had taken my body, uh, drawing a blue box around it and put a toy gun in my hand? Um, would I still get a thrill out of being girly and naughty? Would I be so determined to be anything but a man? Which I just think is beautiful. And, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm cis, you know, I born male, identify as male, but like that's still just, uh, just as a gay man, that's still resonates to an extent, like try mm-hmm. anyone trying to force like stereotypically male things down my throat. Oh yeah. Like I had an LDS family services counselor, therapist or whatever. His theory on homosexuality probably matched a lot of members ideas, but he basically was trying to say there's a wall So imagine that the left side of my office is the wall of femininity where you're born of your mother. So you are part female. And then as you are being reared and raised, you start heading towards the the right side of my office wall. And that wall is the wall of masculinity. And so little things along your path are making you towards the feminine or towards the masculine. And we're going to try to figure out like, what was it? Like, what did your parents do to either encourage you to be more masculine or less? And I just had a lot of qualms with his theory because I'm like, all right, I love scrapbooking. A lot of people might say that is a more feminine activity, but I think they're wrong. I think if you like scrapbooking, it's a you hobby that you like, not a gender hobby you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know I kind of went off on a tangent, but that, struck me as <laughs> yeah the so at the end of the song um she's saying you know like in in my boots and my favorite dress um she she's yelling back into the window of a passing car um saying like i'm beautiful and you can't handle it i'm beautiful and you can't deal roll me up uh, roll up your window and call me back when you learn how to feel nice and yeah just the entire entire song is mm. Golden. So, okay. When we were talking about how bad BYU-Idaho is. Yes. BYU-Idaho is the Lord's least favorite school. Um, have I shared this hierarchy with you? Oh, um, remind me. Okay, so at the top of the list is um, BYU-Jerusalem uh, Center, because it's the Holy Land. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next is uh, BYU-Hawaii, because it's... Hawaii, it's the other holy land. Correct. Uh, then it's BYU Provo, you know, just good old OG BYU whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that is LDS Business College. <laughs> right. Uh, then it's Southern Virginia University, <laughs> which it's so low, uh, partially because of Sowell's reign, 
and oh. because it's not officially owned by the church. Right. Um, and then finally BYU-Idaho. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that hierarchy. My goodness. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I missed anything, any other schools. As far as I'm aware, I think you got them all. Yeah. Those are the big ones. You brought up Madison Sell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. That guy. And I know I've told you this before, but just he he was picking on me a lot my last year at SVU. I had finished all my classes and all I had to do my last semester was write that darn senior paper. Mm-hmm. He literally harassed me. Like we talked about Jonesy's earlier. This It was not the cafeteria. It was like the central perk version of svu meaning no coffee but we could get wraps and smoothies they were good i loved them but he would like track me down when i was in jonesy's and i would hide under the tables to to avoid him because he was like oh richard templeman you need to finish your senior paper get that done so you can graduate and the intimidation of it all and apparently behind the scenes Stoddard was also giving me a hard time with my paper. As I've probably told you before, it was an improv-based acting thesis. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying to defend the side of, you know, classically trained actors and theater professors may poo-poo improv, but actually improv makes you a better overall actor, in my opinion. And here's... And writer, I would argue... Yeah. And writer, that makes sense too. Yeah. Yeah, just having those skills of improvisation, I think, make you well rounded as a creative person, as a theater performer, or like you say, writer too. But Stoddard was like, no, people don't think that. I'm like, I'm, I'm literally writing a paper where I'm getting sources that people are saying this. So I know they're saying it just because you are enlightened. Professor Stoddard, and you're on the correct side of the thesis of the argument, doesn't mean other people aren't against it. So we had our quibbles back and forth, our little qualms and little uh, witty banter back and forth. And he was just not letting this paper get passed. He would just revise it, revision after revision, change this, change that. And it got to be just hard for me to like concentrate on this paper because I just had to change it so often, yada, yada. Anyway, fast forward one fine day is like, make these three changes and then it'll be complete. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're giving me such a hard time. And all of a sudden it's going to be fine. Well, come to find out that apparently uh, provost Sal behind the scenes was just telling him, you've got to pass Richard's paper so he can graduate and get the heck out of here. So I guess that was a blessing, but his reign of authority was not a blessing. I don't think he even knew who I was. He talked to me once, I think, while at school, pleasantry, kind of like, oh, your play is being done. I'm excited to see it. And I thought, like, you're going to hate it. I'm pretty sure all the adults are going to hate it. (laughs) Um, It was good. It was a good play. Thank you. It has so many structural problems i've tried rewriting it but i think it's like i'm just i'm more of a short story person which is why somebody a few people have told me that i should write the play as five separate mini plays 
Ooh. to be performing like five separate nights, five episodes. And that after grad school, now that I'm older, like I'm like the idea of breaking down those structures more. And I'm thinking like, okay, that might actually work. I think so. Might be easier to give everyone the screen time. I want them to have, have better arcs. This is battlefield of love. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. So I like those ideas of changing it too. Um, Oh, also, uh, Grimshaw and Nicholson, the two main characters, totally gay. Yay! They're, they're, they're fighting their love for each other, and then Gloria just becomes a cool pal. And like, no one who's hearing this, who will hear this, like, will know about any of this or care. But it's, I didn't realize how coded those two were. Wow. <laughs> Until grad school, when my friend Emily, I was talking to her about it, and she was like, Oh, you mean that wasn't on purpose? Because, like, they seem very obviously into each other. Uh, (laughs) That just proves that you're a better writer than you thought, because you were putting in things that you were subconsciously or (laughs) just not aware of. Oh, Battlefield of Love. And I think it might have been Battlefield of Love. Professor Stoddard was going to have me audition for it because he changed the rule on how many on-campus plays you had to perform in whilst being a theater major but he changed it like after I had already finished my theater degree so it was a little awkward so he's gonna make me be in your play I remember but it ended up that Professor Stoddard rescinded that requirement for me probably because he just wanted me to get out of there like Provosal was saying before anyway I did do a lot of plays outside of SVU, and he didn't really like that much. Um, yes, I remember that rule. I just remember a lot of people were not happy about that rule because they like weren't getting cast in the SVU plays, and so you know they wanted to go somewhere where they could get cast. Um, but yeah, uh, Battlefield of Love was um, our senior year. He. Uh, he approached me like the summer before about it because um, like I had just, I'd done really well in his playwriting class. So he was just like, yeah, like, wh- why not? This will save me some trouble. So, uh, hey, do you want to write the play? I mean, like it has to be good, but um, yeah, do you want to write it? And I said, heck yes. That's cool. And yeah, if the people attending SVU after... After my experience with Professor Stoddard and that rule, want to blame someone for that rule being made, you can blame me and Victoria and other students at SVU because we did a lot of plays at Washington and Lee University and I did some at Hollins University. I got around and it was nice to have the experience of the other directors instead of just having one. I mean, I do have to like throw in there, I like... I do love Professor Stoddard. You know, I had a really good relationship with him. But I I do disagree with some of the choices that he made. Um, I wish the school could have kept Rob Smith, for instance, as as an adjunct professor. Because, uh, yeah, like you need more than one director. That would have been great. Agreed. I had lots of great experiences with Professor Stoddard and learned a lot from him as well. Just his point of references, his his schooling and his training and his, you know, his education. 
in theater was really great. Not disputing that, but I loved getting direction from other people. Like at Holland's, there was Ernie, Jennifer, and Rob at Washington and Lee, not to mention some of the community theaters I participated in and just got a scope of diverse directors and styles, not just one. Yeah, so I just feel like that was important. Even though I appreciated what I got from Professor Stoddard, it was nice to have more than one source of directing. Yeah. You also wrote which we got in trouble for at SVU. SVU Virginia, or BYU Virginia. BYU Virginia, the web series. Yes, uh, the Lord's true fourth favorite school, right after uh, Provo. Yeah, BYU Virginia. (laughs) BYU Virginia, I loved that. And they were kind of silly. The administration was, I guess, thinking this would be a bad thing or bad publicity for the school. But I thought it was tongue-in-cheek, funny, but not super disrespectful no and a a lot of people in the student body really liked it like i i heard a few people like who had no idea that i was writing the scripts um saying like yeah they're gonna film at this time i need some extra like this is exciting yeah this is this is fun yeah let's uh like yeah people were jazzed yes and like i wrote i think i wrote at least five of the scripts i still have a note on my phone from back in 2013, like, of all the ideas I had for plot ideas for the whole season. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I would love to finish it. Yeah, I'm thinking we can make that into, like, an audio thing, like a podcast. Yeah. Like, you know, because I think it would be hard to bring the whole gang back together to film more of it but think of the possibilities of us audio booking it you know what i mean yeah then we could like fulfill the creative energy that was so ripped from us it's just i just remember um he who will not be named <laughs> like tricking me into our downfall oh man that sucks and then uh head of communications i don't know if we should beep his name or not um also, like, lied to me about something. And, like, that made me sad. Like, I lost some respect for him. Yeah. Yeah, we're just doing a silly, fun video project. Yeah, I didn't see anything wrong with... I mean, granted, I don't know all these laws, but, yeah, right. I didn't feel like we were doing anything wrong. Like, under parody law, like, no, we wouldn't have gotten in trouble. And, like, oh, yeah. SVU was the last school to uh, be, be lecturing about... Uh, laws because i can think of a, a few things that they've done it's like oh like if we told the right people about this svu would be in huge trouble right well in fact after you and i graduated they got in huge trouble because they didn't have the the sexual harassment title nine procedure in place that they needed to be a legal institution oh so they got in trouble for that, which is that's it probably led to the whole, you know, Provo Sal being so homophobic, I want to say is a good descriptor of it. He was almost targeting gay students and trying to get them in trouble, trying to get them out of SVU. He just did not like the gays. I once complimented him on a tie he was wearing. And he goes, 
oh no this tie is not a rainbow tie just so you know and i'm like oh my god okay i was just saying you have a nice tie well now it is a rainbow tie yeah well yeah if you he who doth protest too much made that (laughs) a rainbow tie uh but yes so i'm thinking because of all his actions and there was no way to report his sexual harassment of the gay students it spiraled into this lawsuit and they had to um, restructure their title nine program, i.e. create one. <laughs> but yeah. So that's, that, that's a good example of one of the things that they were doing wrong. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. They can, they, they can conveniently forget to not do that, but uh, heaven forbid we, we have some fun making a video yeah right youtube series yeah it was it was super fun literally while it lasted and then when it was over it was sad so sad sometimes i do go back and watch those videos yeah me too fun memories just good scripts fun fun directors and everything was good um it's because of byu virginia that i didn't that i almost lost a friendship actually Oh, um, Hayden, my best, he was my best friend. It is yeah. like one of my best friends still, um, college best friend. And he, yeah, he played the lead. Yes. But then his girlfriend at the time was saying like, they were kind of uncomfortable with him, uh, doing like anything romantic, like had the romantic subplot. And so he dropped out. And that was also around the same time that the school told us to stop. Right. So, and so like, he told me that, and, like, I was just so sad. And so I'm like, I'm going to go home now. And we were supposed to be watching The Walking Dead because uh, that was our thing. Yeah. And and then after that, like, he thought I was mad at him. And, like, we just didn't talk too much. And then finally, like, we, we kept talking to each other to patch things up. But, like, things weren't quite the same. Years later, every so often, like, we, we would still talk. He came to visit me in Utah once when he was at BYUI. Okay. Um, and then finally, like, after he got married, his wife messaged me and said, like, hey, like, you're my husband's best friend. Like, he's talked about you, and I just want to get to know you. And it's because of her, like, Hayden and I have started communicating frequently again, and, like, we're we're doing a Dungeons & Dragons thing together. Oh, good. Um, so I remember somebody saying that, like, there were rumors going, going back to, to um, BYU Virginia, that there were rumors going around that, like, Tyler was going to play such and such character, that such and such character was based on someone else, um, which I think you told me those rumors. Probably. And so, like, I never knew if they were true or not, but the, it was fun, nonetheless. Yeah, we were popular enough to have a rumor mill, for sure. Anyway, anything else we should talk about, or anything you would like me to share? I mean, more gay things are always welcome. Okay, I'll tell... A very truncated version of getting kicked out of BYU Idaho. Oh yeah, that's a great way to to lead out. Yeah. So, as previously mentioned, both Thomas and I got kicked out of BYU Idaho, and then later both went to Southern Virginia University. Well, what had happened was, I was, we were both in a singing show. It was kind of like a Broadway review where he had a song from High School Musical and I had one from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And we all had duet partner, different duet partners. Anyway, we 
we kind of met then and we both kind of like low-key started liking each other if it was a talent a toner a talent boner for each other (laughs) um that's going to be the name of this episode (laughs) (laughs) so he reached out to me on facebook i believe and then we exchanged email addresses and then he and i both were in a talent show together where we sang the missionary song from Saturday's Warrior. We are not the ordinary, fearlessly extraordinary, working righteous Harry Carey in our humble way. (laughs) (laughs) So we performed that and basically hit it off right there. We tried to be good Mormon boys and study scriptures together. But, you know, as gay boys that accidentally meet up in college do, Things slowly became a little more physical and, you know, we would do things. And I remember my boundary was we could do sexual things, but I don't want to kiss or anything because that would be, (laughs) that would mean I'm really gay. So that's, I was in denial for so long, even having a a boyfriend, which we never referred to each other as boyfriends, but that's what we were. Um, (laughs) Even having a boyfriend, I couldn't come out of the closet to myself. I was in such dark denial. And this is, you know, a couple years, this is maybe one, a year and a half after my mission. So in total, I had not even been jerking off for like my whole two years on the mission, a year afterwards. So we're talking about three years, not even being sexual with myself. And all of a sudden I have a boyfriend and so, you know, push comes to shove, we we start doing things, and I feel really guilty because Mormon guilt, and then he and I would take turns feeling guilty and not feeling guilty. So fast forward to like... So it's a good relationship right there, t- taking turns, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel so guilty I'm gay. Oh, now I don't. Well, I do. So <laughs> we shifted the responsibility back and forth. Fast forward to like the next semester. I think at this point, my parents have found out that I'm in a relationship and they're kind of appalled. And um, this is before, you know, they've come to love and accept me for who I am. That was a little shock to them. And they really had to think about that one for a while. Uh, We are, this time we're not roommates. We're living next door to each other to try to, like you said, you were doing at one point, trying to repent and be a good mormon boy at the time uh you know the the steps of repentance reading the miracle of forgiveness uh uh moving apart from the guy you're into uh joining a very dark and depressing play yes exactly which all of the above happened with us as well um so this was the beginning of a new semester and we decided to come clean to our bishops i think it was more thomas at that moment you know but I was not going to let Thomas be the only one because that doesn't look great for a gay couple only to have one say, you know, we've been sinning. So I also came out as well to the bishop and he's like, huh, we're going to have to think about this one. Might have to pull your endorsements. That became very dramatic. He pulled our endorsements, kicked us out of school. We had to pay rent on our um, BYU Idaho approved housing, even though we were kicked out of that housing, we had to get, rent in the community but even though we were kicked out of school we were still in the school play talking about school plays we auditioned for children of eden which is the story of adam and eve and noah's ark as 
composed by Stephen Schwartz, who composed Wicked. It's one of his earlier works. It was kind of fun. I thought our director didn't do the best job directing and casting, but we did what we could. And three months into the rehearsal process, we were already doing the first week of performances. By the second week of performances, somebody has told the administration that we were honor code suspended. And then they even kicked us out of the play. The most dramatic thing in the world was, you know, we're kicked out of school. We're pretty depressed. We're gay. We're trying to be good. But at least we have the school play that they also kicked us out of. They kicked us out of the play, The Children of Eden. They kicked us out of the Garden of Eden. (laughs) So symbolic. I know, because the bishop even said it back three months before when he was pulling our endorsement. He's like, it's going to feel like we're kicking you out of the Garden of Eden, but we're not. And then they kicked us out of the play, The Children of Eden. So very dramatic. And (laughs) (laughs) it led to a journey where by the time I went to SVU, I was depressed and said, you know what? If boys want to date me or ask me out or if things happen, I'm going to let them happen because I've been putting up walls and suppressing my homosexuality for far too long. And I don't think it's going to work. I did good. That was very truncated, but I think I did a good job. Yeah, that was that was nice um, shortened version. Yeah. I feel like there's a term, I guess, just the short version. Not not the TLDR version, but but like a... Yeah. Oh, like an anime, like how an anime theme song seems complete, but it's actually just like the one-minute version of a three-minute song. Correct. Yes. So this your your story was the... That was the anime opening song version of the story. Yep. Seems like it was the full story, but there's actually a longer version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you had to had to cut out some of the, the juicy bits. Yes. So not safe for work. Ugh. Not safe for work, juicy bits, for sure. Plus, you can always like, subscribe, comment, and ask questions. <laughs> Maybe I'll answer them. Yeah, that's true. If um, if any of you have questions for for me, for Richard, just uh, send me a message on Twitter um, at Goggleboy. I don't know my own handle. Shoot. Yes, you are just Mikachu at Goggleboy. Excellent. Yeah. Um, tw- I don't know why Twitter is my first suggestion. Facebook. You can send me a Facebook message, I guess. Um, or were we really not following each other on Twitter? Well, now I've just followed you. Well, I have two Twitters, I think. That was TMI. I shouldn't have told everyone I had two Twitters. It's okay. Just just edit it out. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, my dudes. You've got questions. If you want to know more, let us know. Maybe we'll do um, a, a mini episode for just a story. Love it. Um, but Richard, thank you so much uh, for, for talking to me with me. Yeah, you're so welcome, and thank you for having me. Um, I'm going to have a fun time picking out the title of this episode. <laughs> thanks for listening. You know, thanks, Thank you, Richard, for being here. Um, those who are listening, thank you very much for listening. Um, this episode was a little more casual than previous ones. It's kind of the direction I want to start heading instead of pre-prepared stories. Just uh, let's have a nice chat. Yeah. Um, which... I feel like I'm going to run out of stories very quick. <laughs> I'll try. I'll, I'll, I'll go through my journal. Good. Good idea. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Richard, for everything. You're welcome. 
Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs>